Dímelo mi gente, it's your girl Alex. And I'm Astrid. And we are the Latinx sister duo of Call Your Sister Podcast, a podcast for related and unrelated sisters everywhere. Every week we call each other to discuss topics like motherhood, sex, yeah, we do have sex, dating, Latinidad, mental health, and much, much more. We're highly opinionated and love talking to each other. So sit back, relax, and listen to these two real-life sisters talk about everything under the sun. Don't forget to ask a fellow sister her thoughts on today's episode. Remember to subscribe, share, and tell us what you think. You ready, sis? I'm ready. Are you ready, sis? Bueno, let's talk. Welcome to a new episode of Call Your Sister Podcast. See, look at you. <laughs> we finally got it rain. Hey, welcome to our 10th episode. Now <laughs> should me to that. It only took 10 episodes to get it together. Wow. Oh, we here. We here. We live. <laughs> we got new mics. Oh, yeah. We both got new mics, bro. You know, I mean, my mic has been new. I just, I couldn't use it because my computer was old. And anyway, we are here, here. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so for this week, we decided to switch it up instead of asking, hey, Astrid, how are you doing? Hey, Alex, how are you doing? We decided we're going to do a quick Q&A. So that way you can get to know a little bit of, about us. Um, just some quick, fun questions. So you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, we skipped the whole thing. I'm Al. I'm Astrid. Say Alex. I'm Astrid. (laughs) You are. Look. (laughs) By this point, you should figure out who we are, right? I will. But you know, just in case they're just listening to us, you know. Welcome. I'm Alex, the younger sister, and I am Astrid, the older sister. Aging like fine wine, guys. Aging like fine wine. I don't feel fine, but that we can talk about that in the whole. <laughs> All right. So Q and A first up. What is the one of the qualities you look for in a close friend? Um. Well, I have two. So mine is definitely loyalty and honesty. Right. So. I don't care if me and you don't agree on, on something, as long as me and you can have that conversation about why we don't agree with it and move on from it. And then obviously I want you to be loyal to me, bitch. Like, come on. It's simple. What about you? Right. Um, I think, you know, all that can be defined further. But for me, I would have to say, I, especially as I've gotten older, I feel like one of the major qualities that that I look for in a friend is understanding because we evolve as people, we change. And I don't think that we provide people space to grow and truly be themselves. We're constantly in this judgment zone and it's always about well, you're not doing this for me and I'm not benefiting from you because of X, Y, Z and da, 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 da. So that's what I think has become my major thing is understanding if we can grow together because loyalty looks different, right? Um, sometimes 
things occur and maybe it would seem like loyalty to me, but it wouldn't seem like loyalty to you. Um, at what expense, whose expense? There's a lot of questions, you know? Um, yeah, I want you to be loyal to me, ho. If you hear somebody talking about me, I need you to check them. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. that's what I mean about loyalty. Like, have my back, right? Don't let me out here just, you know, hanging by myself. Like, have yeah, my but, back. Yeah, but what I'm saying in that is, okay, let's say she does have your back, right? Let's say, and... And it turns out this person happens to be your boss and now it's cost you your job. Uh, that's that's going to be a different conversation, you know? Like, is she going to be like, but I had your back though. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's fucked up is that happened to me once. I was somebody's friend, right? But I was also her boss and I had to fire her. Oh my God. It was the worst thing I ever had to go to. Like, I, and I... I kept explaining to her, like, yo, it's completely out of my hands. Like, I tried. I tried so hard to save you. She stopped talking to me after that. And I was like, yo, I really, like, I was in there, like, going back and forth with my boss about not firing you. Like, I almost got fired for not wanting to fire you. And, um, like, right. So at my that, kid got to eat. Right. So at that point, you have to choose. Are you loyal to the job or are you loyal to the friends? So that's what I'm saying. It becomes very complex. So I still want to say understanding, understanding. We understand. But I also say honesty, girl. I want you to be honest with me. Just, just be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speak your mind. Because that's one of the. I mean, one of the qualities. So mm. yeah. Okay. So next question. When do you feel the most confident? Hmm. I, I would say I feel the most confident when. Uh, the money hits my bank account and I am breathing like cha-ching. <laughs> I want margaritas <laughs> on the right. Yeah, I will take an appetizer and my meal and a dessert. Yes, thank you. And a mixed drink, girl, with the fruits and all that shit. Yep, put it right there. And my makeup is flawless. <laughs> and I have on my Spanx. So I am looking like you. She said Spanx. Spanx. <laughs> Listen, because I've had children and <laughs> things have changed. So I need things to hold things together. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get like surgery and stuff because I just, that's a different topic. I just feel like I'm not built for I that life. And you to get, to get surgery, you know, to keep. And it just becomes expensive and then you're unhappy because then you're like, I don't look perfect and I want to look like this Barbie next to me. And, <laughs> you know, then you're not confident anymore, you know? So, yes, hit, you know, when, this, when money hits my bank account and it's looking nice and I can get the appetizer plus the meal, the dessert, my makeup is flawless and I got my Spanx on, you can't tell me nothing. I am, I am over the world. I am really <laughs> of all i am my best self right <laughs> i am living my best life right now <laughs> living my life like it's golden golden put on nah. my song real quick like you know mm -hmm. i'm blessed <laughs> and favored right. <laughs> nah for me i think it would be um 
definitely when like like i get my hair nails done um i got my brand new wax i'm wearing some <laughs> nice test lingerie girl <laughs> i'm willing to take somebody's man if i do that but i'm not about that life but that's where i feel the most okay. confident obviously when i have my hair done my nails is done i have my wax i got some new lingerie you be in there like mm in front of the mirror because mm. mm-hmm. you know i'm single ain't no man seeing me in no lingerie girl just look at you I, lingerie lingerie is cool i have been getting more into that too i love lingerie mm-hmm. what talking of that girl before we get into our third question did you see rihanna's fenty beauty thing oh my god no i need to watch it I had over $500 worth added to my cart, but I did not press submit because I was just like, how much do I really love Rihanna right now? Then maybe I shouldn't watch it because then I'll buy all of it. Well, Because I just told you that when I feel confident in my lingerie. Right. So let me put it to you like this. Um, You probably would be fine because a lot of it they have ran out like that's oh, okay so that's fine so i can wait like a month or two and then they'll be back in stock okay cool right. great yeah. so i can put down that i need to save up like 500 is what but, you're saying yes fancy savage i guess it's called it's savage it, savage fenty girl get fenty. it right fenty yes but i'm sorry i'm sorry riri savage fenty you know all of her stuff is fenty i know that but i'm like you know there's fenty beauty which her makeup is the bomb then now it's like Fenty skin. Mm-hmm. And so this is Savage Fenty. It is the I'm not going to lie. I am kind of curious to see what men is going to buy. Um, the stuff that she put out for men too. Oh, it's all out of stock. I just want to know if like, I just want to see some dudes in it. Like, she is did. it silk? <laughs> like, can it, I touch it? <laughs> it is. That's why you have to watch it. It's very <laughs> like she had men out here feeling like they're P. Diddy. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, as you like, should, my brother. Girl. I'm about to buy. <laughs> That's what I'm going to buy these boys for Christmas. <laughs> Some savage Fenty boxers. <laughs> Does she have here, oh, here goes your Riri boxers. <laughs> stuff for kids but yes i was like i love riri i like mm-hmm. she could be she could definitely be a good friend of mine of course she could be my best friend you know i mean she can't she just can't come over when i'm not here you know because i wouldn't trust like my husband around <laughs> her without me like it's on some like we go into the bathroom together like you know like we always meet without my right. husband around right or if we meet with my husband around you have your significant other with you right <laughs> you better not be gay so that's just <laughs> like yeah so that's that's like the rule if i had riri as my best friend but yeah i could totally i could totally love me some riri all right so third question what do you wish people knew and understood about you? Man, so I'm sensitive, right? But I'm also like a okay. bulldog too. <laughs> like we established that. Okay. What episode was that, guys? <laughs> 
So I need people to understand that I am a sensitive thug. I might cry, but then I might punch you too. So like, pick your battles. Entertainingly, <laughs> okay. Right. I might be able to do both at the same time. I don't know. Depends on the day. So I need you to understand that I, I am sensitive, but then I also have this side where I don't give a fuck. So, you know, there's no happy medium with me. Either you're going to get sensitive me or you're going to get, I don't give a fuck. Unfortunately, I am your sister and I've <laughs> had to deal with you all my life, but I can say it is frustrating as fuck, y'all. <laughs> I mean, some days I just be like, I, I'm not even dealing with this. I'm just going to put my phone down and ask her tomorrow. We, we will re- reconvene tomorrow because right now I can't. I just, I can't. I know my flaws. It's okay. I can admit to them. Okay. So what do you <laughs> wish people knew and understood about you? What mm-hmm. do I wish? Um, Let's hear it, Astrid. I guess what I wish people knew and understood about me is that I don't mean to be mean. <laughs> I really don't. And it comes out. Yes. I really don't mean to be mean. I'm just one of those people that it's like, well, what the fuck is it? Like, (laughs) very blunt and to the point. (laughs) Like, like, why? I'm, I hate. There is no, like, (laughs) I hate small yeah i hate the small talk i hate the whole being around the bush i hate clingy people oh my god clingy people really get on my nerves (laughs) um i just i really don't mean to be mean it's just that i'm very much like like i feel like everything is accounted for and if we're wasting time on the small talk and the bs when you already know what the real objective of this conversation is i am more upset about the fact that i cannot regain the minutes that you've wasted in my life so <laughs> but she doesn't mean this to be mean <laughs> I, know, I know i really don't i just i'm just like and <laughs> And in my core, I'm really an introvert. But that's part of the reason why I'm so introverted is because I feel like in a big like room with people, it's too many personalities to try to understand. And I pick my three people and it's like, okay, I'm out of conversation. It was nice chatting with you guys. Like, I get people out real fast. Right. I just be like, yo, I'm over this hour tops and I'm, I'm good to go. Right. So I'm really introverted at heart. So you combine that with my being an uh, asshole to the point. <laughs> I guess that's where my children get it from, right? <laughs> oh, man. I hope our listeners, you guys are, are paying attention, you know. <laughs> we, we have our flaws, too. Nobody's perfect in this world. Mm-hmm. Nobody's perfect. All right, last one. All right. So what book or movie has had the greatest impact on your life? Book, I'm going to say... Um, mothers who can't love 
Um, and that was actually that was recommended to me by Laurel, who's my old boss. So shout out to Laurel because I know she listens to this from time to time. So she did recommend this book to me um, at one point when me and her were talking back and forth about things that were going on. And that book helped a lot. I think the movie that kind of made the biggest impact to me, and it's probably kind of cheesy, is the Tina Turner movie. I really love the Tina Turner movie. I liked, I liked how she went from, you know, being this very poor woman, um, going through all this domestic abuse, and then still coming out on top. Like, that was, that was, I thought that was insightful. What about you? Yeah, uh, uh, if I would say Tina Turner, uh, it was, uh, how do I get those ass? <laughs> yo, right? Because Angela. Angela Bassett, man, yo, she is... Bitch. Isn't she like almost 70? The bitch eats like what does she eat? She eats these crazy. She don't eat no carbs. She pays for a trainer. She works out like every day. I need to be more like her. I'm, I'm we all need to be more like her. Level because I can't even get my ab my I can't get past two abs in my stomach. So <laughs> I smell milk and gain 10 pounds. Like, <laughs> I look like a little half a bread loaf <laughs> and, and a basket, you know, the basket on, on the uh, bike, you know, the bicycle when you're going the little, that's what I literally look like. I, I, I swear to God, I can't get over it. Man, so me, if I had to choose a book, um, See, this is tough because I'm a I'm a big time reader. Mm -hmm. So my most recent book that I would say have has definitely impacted my life has been Everything is Figure Outable by Marie Forleo. And that one really put a lot of things into perspective for me. I mean, one, because I was going through my life coaching journey and uh, I resonated with the book because I was going also for my life coaching certification. But it, 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 the stories that she shared, especially about this one African woman on there who is actually a doctor now or PhD graduate, um, was her story of coming here that she reached rock bottom while she was attending school, being abused by her husband. She had four children. And she had reached such a low point that she literally was scraping the trash can to feed herself and her children. Mm. And she said, and I quote, at least in America, they clean their trash cans. And I was like, wow. It put a lot of things into perspective for me. So I would say one of my recent ones is that, um, if I was to go back in time or if, you know, shout out to my Latinx people, it would be In Time of the Butterflies by Julia Alvarez. Never heard of that one. You might want to read that one because it, it has to deal with the Maribel sisters. Um, that's a very big, like, Dominican story. And it's one of those stories where we're still kind of putting the pieces together because of the Trujillo regime. Mm-hmm. And these sisters were literally fighting um, underground pretty much against the, revolu the revolution and 
their husbands were killed and they were killed and the cold was butterflies that's why it's called in time of the butterflies Mm. so it's actually a really a really good story um they actually created it into a movie with mark anthony and sama hyatt so if you don't want to read the book you can watch the movie but i think the the book is better than the movie of course as a reader you always say that Uh, the books are always better than the movies what you mean i mean it depends there are some there are some movies that you know it it, you know it hits kind of kind of close to home like you know i don't know yeah like the lovely bones i read that book before it came out in the movie and i think the movie was okay mm -hmm. i mean the the book um goes into a lot more detail but the movie was all right yeah so but if i was to choose movies even though it says either or my two top movies all time all all freaking time i mean anything denzel washington for me hits me but my two top movies with Denzel Washington that always hit me like straight like straight to my heart is John Q yeah and Antoine Fisher John Q we actually went to the movie theater and go watch it all together I was into I remember we was I, all balling we was under <laughs> all, our entire family was in the movie theater <laughs> I could not see it nah. I, I had dreams about that I was like oh my god but you know, the crazy thing is that every time you watch that movie, you gain a new insight mm-hmm. because you're in a different stage. Because like when we first watched that movie, we were kids. Mm-hmm. And then when I watched it again, after being an adult, especially after being like corporate pharma, it gained a whole different kind of insight. And then that's when I was like, yo, the crazy part about this movie is that the subliminal messages in here is very much true when it comes to Medicaid, Medicare, mm-hmm. your, and how they put you on a list, right? For transplants and all that. Um, Doctors yeah. won't like, tell you what's really going on because they want you to keep coming back, right? Or the insurance says not to t- not to say, or it won't cover it, or yeah, girl, listen. Wow. The John Q was a, uh, I remember that movie. John that movie was so sad. Was transformative. And then it was also seeing, I, I want to say for me, seeing the actual role of a father. Um, granted, you know, I, I love my dad. He's always been my life and everything. He's always been there. But, you know, um, for us, especially growing up with what we were seeing in the house with, you know, your dad, my stepdad. Mm-hmm. It was like, yo, this man was about to kill himself to give his son his own heart for him to survive. I can't say our daddies would hold been- a hot. They he held a, a hospital hostage to yes. do this. Yes, mm-hmm. I was like, yo, I, this this man in my house. Mm-hmm. I need you to be like, uh, <laughs> so how much do you need this heart? Like, right. so what do you want to do for your last days? Would be his response. <laughs> like, how do you want to celebrate your last couple of days? Because like, we, we ain't got the money for it. <laughs> like, look, we're going to drink this Corona and um, pour you some because you want to go on vacation. <laughs> like, that would be his thing. <laughs> right. 
And Antoine Fisher, Antoine Fisher hit me in a whole different place too. That's the crazy part though, because John Q and Antoine Fisher, I think came out on the same year. Did they? I don't think so. Yeah. I think they were like a year apart. No, it says on here in 2002, both of them. Mm. Man, Denzel was doing his thing. Game, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, go ahead, Denzel. <laughs> but yeah, those would be the two movies, I would say, and the books. So yeah, you got some, some books from us, some movies, love. You heard about our little <laughs> ratchet selves. <laughs> Astrid's low-key an asshole, even though she don't ever want to admit it. Uh, it works in our favor, though. Mm-hmm. All right. So tell me about this um, this lady that passed away. Okay. So first, um, RBG. She'll always go down in history as RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Let's give her a moment of silence. And we're back. So, (laughs) (laughs) why was she important? I think a lot of people don't know about Ruth, and they should. Ruth was actually, if I pull up this article from... Right, teach me, because I only know a little bit about Ruth. So... Teach me and teach our listeners at the same time. Yeah, so she was actually appointed to the Supreme Court. She was only the second woman who had been appointed to the Supreme Court, and she died at age of 87. Um, she was an advocate for women's rights, uh, who in her ninth decade became a much younger generation's unlikely cultural icon. Um, she lived in her home in Washington and she was 87, as I said, when she passed away. The cause was complications of metastatic pancreatic cancer. Aww. So she recently, I think people knew her because she was doing all this stuff like exercises and she was actually, you know, into the R&B culture a little bit, you know, a little small four feet in some inches self was into the culture, right? She was a cool <laughs> white lady. Um, so with her, what she's mostly known for was first when she was appointed to the Supreme Court, she was appointed actually by Bill Clinton in 1993. Right, so y'all can stop talking shit about my Bill Clinton. <laughs> Even though he was part of the whole, yeah, he you know, a little bit, yeah, that Monica. He a little ratchet too, though. <laughs> you know the excessive force thing, but I still like Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. Even though he also might be involved in that Epstein case too, so. Oh, look, I don't know how to feel about Bill. Um, <laughs> Bill was like, I never touched her, and then. Look. You can use excessive force and let me be around Donald Trump and all these these children mm-hmm. getting massages and shit. Mm-hmm. 
So her goal to was to persuade the Supreme Court that the 14th Amendment's guarantee of equal protection applied not only to racial discrimination, but to sex discrimination as well. It was a daunting one that she took over, but she was an advocate for it. So she presented six cases to the court from 1973 to 1978, and she won five of them, okay? And this was basically what her work was about. So the Supreme Court under Chief Justice Earl Warren, famous for its liberal rulings across a variety of constitutional fronts, had never recognized sex discrimination as a matter of constitutional concern. So let me break this down for y'all. Back then, if you were married and your husband assaulted you, you could not, and I repeat, you could not report your husband. If he raped you and did any of that, you could not report because he was your husband. So this was- And that type of thing never existed. Yeah, so she, Your husband rape you? That's your husband. Right. So she was one of the ones that abolished that. So Ms. Ginsburg started from the premise that she needed to provide some basic education for an audience that was not so much hostile as uncomprehending. She took aim at laws that were ostensibly intended to protect women, laws based on stereotyped notions of male and female abilities and needs. So one of her quotes is, the justices did not comprehend the deferential treatment of men and women in jury selection and other legal contexts as in any sense burdensome to women. She said this in 1988 speech, she added, from a justice's own situation in life and attendant perspective, his immediate reaction to a gender discrimination challenge would likely be, but I treat my wife and daughters so well with such indulgence. To turn in a new direction, the court first had to gain an understanding that legislation apparently designed to benefit to protect women could have the opposite effect. So there was a successful challenge to an Idaho law that gave men preference over women to be chosen to administer estates, a practice the state had defended as being based on men's greater familiarity with the world of business. That was Reed versus Reed in 1971. There was a case challenging a military regulation that denied husbands of women in the military some of the benefits to which wives of male soldiers were entitled on the assumption that a man was not likely to be the dependent spouse. That was Frontier versus Richardson in 1973. Another case challenged a social security provision that assumed wives were secondary breadwinners whose incomes were unimportant to the family and therefore deprived widowers of survivor benefits. That was Winberger versus Winsfield in 1975. In the case, as in several others, the plaintiff was a man. So pay attention, y'all. 
<laughs> Seven, Wensfeld's wife, Paula, had died in childbirth, and he sought the benefits so he could stay home and raise their child, Jason. After the Supreme Court victory, Miss Ginsburg stayed in touch with the father and child, and in 1988, she traveled to Florida to help officiate at Jason's wedding. Okay, so in order for it to become a law that was both um, beneficial to men and women, she had to take cases that had to deal with primarily white men. This is how smart she was, okay? Go ahead, Ruth. So she had to take these cases, and it had to be the case where it was something that, you know, was affecting the white man. And this is how she was able to make it that sexism would be abolished in these sorts of laws, especially when it comes to benefits, uh, stuff that had to deal with the military. Or like I said, you being able to report your husband for actually raping you. This was the way that she had to do it. So this is why she became the queen, okay? Also known as- Go ahead, Ruth. Okay. Wear your crown, girl. Much deserved. Uh, may I she think, rest in peace. Yeah, may she rest in peace. I think her last case, uh, well, I don't know if it was her last case, but one of her other big cases is in a 1976 case, Craig versus Boren, which Miss Ginsburg worked on, but did not personally argue. The Supreme Court, for the first time, formally adopted the rule that official distinctions based on sex were subject to heightened scrutiny from the courts. In that case, the court struck down an Oklahoma law that permitted girls to buy beer at age 18, but required boys to wait until they were 21. She said, look, uh, we gonna raise this to, to either 20- 21 for everybody. <laughs> look. Y'all not about to set up these little girls. <laughs> hey, you see what I'm saying? That's a crazy setup. Oh, you you can be 18. You can drink puppets. I'm a dude. I got to wait till I'm 21. So you can basically... That's ratchet. Ratchet. Right. I'm glad she did that, though. Because no 18-year-old girl need to be out here, like, right. drinking, drinking like that. I mean, I shouldn't be talking because I went off to college, so... College is a whole different world. So she, I mean, she was educated. I mean, she went to Harvard Law School class of, she was a, a 552, okay? Transferred to Columbia University to complete her degree. Was a law review editor and outstanding student who was recommended by one of her professors. Her position as a law clerk to Justice Felix Frank Further, Furter, I guess. Um, <laughs> so she started all the way in the bottom, okay? Like the bottom. She did not come from money. They were very poor. And actually when she went to school, her husband was actually going for law as well. And while she was going to school, you know, and she was never seen as equal to the men, um, her husband actually got very ill and she had to take care of him and the family while also attending school and trying to 
go after this degree. So yeah, her story is very interesting, but I think it's mostly because of these laws that she has passed that really focuses on the equality of sex, you mm-hmm. know, um, genders, not sex, but you know, genders. Um, and it was the way that she had to go about it because when she had taken the case where it was the other way, they didn't see it. So she took, she reframed and she was like, okay, well, let's see how this works when it's the white man that needs to benefit, you know? And let me show you. (laughs) Right. So, and that is how she was able to get these laws assigned. But remember in our previous Um, podcast episode we talked about how the supreme court at least the officials in the supreme court are elected or appointed by the president president yeah and president trump right now is trying to um push for one uh, trying to elect somebody to go in there now Mm-hmm. And I know, like, I don't know if you guys watched the presidential debate. That was a complete fucking shit show. Um, but in there, that was like one of the things that Biden was kind of like arguing with him about. Like, why are you trying to push somebody to jump into her slot? And he's like, well, I'm the president. So like, that's what the president does. And he's like, well, we're in election time. Like, you should name who your candidate is and I should name my candidate. And then when we whoever wins then can elect whoever person in. But President Trump is like, fuck all that noise. I'm the president right now. So I don't even know who the person he was that he's like trying to elect to be in the Supreme Court for her spot. Do you know who it is? No, I don't know. And I've gone to some lady from Florida. I know that she's from Florida. I just don't know who she is. I've gotten to a point where I don't even like (laughs) November's next month. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I'm ready for this to be over because the presidential elect that gave me a headache. I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, the debate. Oh my God. That was like watching two toddlers fight. Somebody was like, yo, why is it the white versus? I was dead. <laughs> right. But see, the thing was also that I feel like a lot of people missed is that um, President Trump was actually attacking somebody who has a disability because um he always does that doesn't the first time um when he was running his elections what year was that 2016 he made fun of a reporter that had a disability he literally was on camera like doing and everything so he he's a bully you know what i'm saying and it's like he went on there and he was literally attacking biden because he has a speech impediment which is why he kept getting like stuck because when you get frustrated, especially when you have a speech impediment and somebody keeps switching subjects on you like that and then attacking you and interrupting you, when you get frustrated, you start to get stuck. Right, you stutter. Right, so that's, and, and, and I will say, I give it to Biden, he held himself, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he did call him a clown. Right. He did tell him to shut up. He was like, yo, um, yeah, my son had, he had a little drug problem. Yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah, yeah. And he, and you know what? I'm proud of him. He's proud of it. And you know what? I'm proud of him. And you're not going to make me feel bad about my son. No, you ain't going to do that. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I was waiting for Biden to get spicy. I was like, yo, if you don't put some umph in your back, my brother, like... (laughs) 
I, look, I give it to him just for the fact that he didn't go over and punch him in the face for talking about his son like that. I give it to him because I would have lost it because when you're dealing with a narcissist, there is no winning and they're going to keep pushing mm. all kinds of buttons. Nah, but like, not even that. So like, if you were watching the presidential debate, President Trump didn't really answer any real questions. He was more like just attacking Biden the whole time. Like, I feel like his, his like approach was, I don't really know how to answer these questions. So I'm just going to attack Bull because he going to stutter anyway. Yeah, but see, that's typical um, Trump stuff. Has he ever answered questions? I don't think he answered. No, like the whole climate change question. I was like, look at him, look at him. Sound like a dumbass on TV. Just a dumbass. He said, I want clean air. You know, I want clean this. I want clean that. And everyone's like, yeah, me too. But how, motherfucker? Like... (laughs) but that part was funny when he said the trees are too tall i was like what (laughs) really that's a thing (laughs) and he talked about they don't have good rangers huh it's a fire like they ain't you know they they don't we're gonna fire the park like they they park rangers like look I was like, I want clean air. And everyone's like, yeah, like, we all want clean air. But, like, how do you propose we get clean air? (laughs) Like, that's the question, brother. Like, how how are we going to get clean air? (laughs) To involve some money, you know, that's what that is. But anyway, let's not get sidetracked because we can talk about them. That that debate, that debate was terrible. You guys just need to go out and vote and, and, you know, whoever you vote for, that is your decision um obviously you can tell who we voting for but you know you go and you do your thing exercise your privilege and right in right. some states you can vote as early as i think some some people they can vote as early as next week if they're doing like the mail-in bot ballot yeah that's coming out yeah. um that's yeah. a whole other thing that they're talking about the mail-in ballot but that you know we won't even get into that one yeah. um, but anyways talking about debates the other big debate that keeps going around, especially like on social media, is the Tory Lanes and Megan the Stallion debate. Did he do it? Did he not do it? Is what it do you think? Or is it not a lie? So just to give you a backstory for the people who don't know who Megan the Stallion is and who Tory Lanes is. So Megan the Stallions is a uh, Stallions. Stallion, she is a very raunchy rapper. <laughs> right? She's very raunchy. Your choice of words. She's a raunchy rapper. She is. How else do you, how else would you say it? She's a straight to the point. Raunchy Um, ass rapper. Get this this pussy, you know. Raunchy, right. And then Tory Lanez is also, uh, he's a Canada rapper. Um, So the story behind these two is that Tory Lanez shot Megan Thee Stallion on the foot. Right. Now, the, the backstory of why he did it, nobody really understands. There is rumor saying out there that it was involving Kylie Jenner um, and that Megan Thee Stallion was probably like cock blocking him in a sense. And he took it personal and then he shot her on the foot. There's another story saying that he was telling Megan. There's a, yeah, there's another story that's saying that um, <laughs> Megan, he told Megan to dance. 
he literally said like dance bitch and because she wouldn't dance he shot her in the foot i don't know who, what the real story is i personally think that he did it though that's just my theory i think he did it i don't know the reasons why he did it i don't know but i feel like he did it look whether he did it or he didn't do it he's not charged yeah he hasn't been charged that's the first thing the second thing is i'm not saying that she was lying or whatever my thing is is it our business like i'm just i'm just over celebrities coming out here (laughs) telling us business that we really have no business in knowing like this sounds like a little passion crime (laughs) just a little passion It does. It, you know, listen, let's take it back to when we were younger. You know, when our Ed, this is not a little passion crime. He took a gun and shot her. That's not a little passion crime. A little passion crime will be like a little slap in the face type thing. <laughs> but I mean shooting somebody. Either way, I say little because you know, not not in the context of the way it was handled or what happened because at the end of the day, anytime that it becomes violent is not little, it is something serious. But I'm, I'm saying it from what we're accustomed to seeing because how many times haven't we seen that? We knew that in our own, we can talk about our family members where they, they pulled out a gun and the only reason why the person didn't die is because the person missed, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Um, And (laughs) we remember that one. And, uh, you know, every other day, every time there was an argument, the cops get called because we get that intense. You know what I'm saying? Um, Then it's the whole, like, I think, I mean, we can talk about culturally. I see white folks around here argue all the time. I want to say the person... I'm not going to talk about her so she don't know that I'm talking about her, but I am talking about you in case she is listening. Um, I call her lady of the night. (laughs) You probably know who I'm talking about. Lady of the night. There's a different male. I want to say every other week and every now and then there's a little altercation that happens why? Because they all like try to go to her house at the right. same time. It'd be on some, it be on some. I thought you was Wednesday, and I was like, "This is my Wednesday." Like, uh, so we have days of the week now. Like, so I was a sponsor, and I thought I was a boy. Like, you know, it'd be stuff like that. I thought well, I was the pedestal. <laughs> right. Like it just it gets really heated really fast. Next thing you know, pickup truck is on the the damn grass and i'm just sitting there like look if this would have been us the cops would have been called a long time ago Mm -hmm. but since it's white folks they don't get called they just they call it a little passion crime us i i don't know if it's that we do it because we are fearful that (laughs) somebody might get shot in the foot like megan did Right. But it's more like, I don't want to do that to you. Right. So like when I call the cops is because now you pressing me. Right. And when you press me, motherfucker, I go there. Like if you want me to go there, I go there and I'm trying real hard to change my ways. You know, I'm no, I no longer live in the hood. You know, I don't live, you know, with rats and roaches no more. 
you're not gonna push me back there so i'm gonna call the cops and let them handle you because mm-hmm. bro but, but see with this though i think from this i think the bigger question that i have is the whole cancel culture right so, right like are you still listening to megan the stallion or did you stop listening to tory lane's Right, but but even even besides that, like, is it even working? Because <laughs> seriously, <laughs> right? Because all right, so all right, bet. Right, like, we know I was canceling. You know, at this point, I feel like there's too like, many. It's too many people, and there's too much good music. <laughs> like, I right, can't cancel them all. Too many flavors. Too many things to choose from. Like, right, like Kanye. All right, so I understand your whole thing about Kanye, right? But Kanye, before Kanye was with Kardashians, Kanye was all right. I still listen to old Kanye. Um, I like old Kanye. I don't know what he's on now, but yeah. Yeah, I love old Kanye. I, his, um, I, I talked about it in one of our episodes. His one album is literally like one of my top five albums to ever listen to straight through, like without skipping a song. Mm-hmm. Um what's it called my my dark twisted beautiful nightmare that album dope from front start to finish um and then r kelly like r kelly was in this like mix that i was listening to on like soundcloud and i was in there bopping to it and i was like wait am i supposed to be listening to him because you know r kelly i know we're not supposed to be listening to r R kelly r kelly did some very horrendous things but you can't lie he has some hits but see yeah but see this is what i'm talking about is it (laughs) working because if we take for an example daniel cameron right now with the whole brianna case Mm -hmm. we bet we mad at danny so mad that we be like he ain't black you don't belong to us no more you a sellout you know what i'm saying bought and paid for (laughs) right and we're like cancel Daniel. And he is a Republican, right? Uh, we talked about his position in the last episode. Um, he's the attorney general. <laughs> you can't cancel him. <laughs> like, no, you can't cancel the decision that he makes. But as a culture, we talk about you cancel. All right. Well, that's what he did, right? But you take somebody like R. Kelly who has literally been a pedophiler for how many years taking advantage of our black women and we all low-key knew about it yeah because you remember when dave Chappelle came out with that skit i'm gonna pee on you bloop, bloop, bloop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's on you <laughs> i knew about it he wasn't canceled he was in cancer. And even now that the He stuff came that- out with Step of Love. <laughs> Step in the name of love that same year. <laughs> and he still isn't canceled. You know what I'm saying? Um, you take somebody like what's her Candace Owens. She ain't canceled. No, she came out with a whole book now. Right. But she ain't canceled. Kanye West. He ain't canceled. Right. This Tory Lane thing. So I was talking to somebody about this, right? And me and him were going back and forth about this. He was like, I don't think he did it. And I was like, no, I think he did it. And he was like, 
I'm still going to listen to his music. He was like, you listen to his latest album. He talks about the whole situation or how he didn't do it. Da, 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 da. I was like, yeah, but I was like, I did not listen to his newest album because I'm sticking by my word because he, he shot her. Right. But I was driving in the car and his song came on broken a minute. And I was like, dun, 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 dun. I was like, oh, fuck. Like how I can't turn this off. This song's the songs is, is a hit. Like I can't turn this off. But so yeah, I don't know. I personally think he did it. Um, well, it goes back to yeah. my question. So let's say, let's suppose, let, if if we played devil's advocate, mm-hmm. let's suppose he didn't do it, and Megan lied. We ain't canceling Megan. Have you heard anybody saying about the cancel Megan? She could have. Really- no. Well, you know what the yeah. fucked up part, right? Is I love Megan. I like her music. But I kind of like Tory Lane's music more. <laughs> like, but aside from the music, right? Uh-uh, what I'm sticking to is this: like, are we canceling her? Probably not. Girl, have you seen Megan The Stallion? Right. So we're not canceling her. So all right. So then, if you played it the other way, let's say he did do it, right? And he didn't get charged. However, that that went down uh, because. He, she was in the hospital and he was arrested at some point and he mm-hmm. was holding the gun that allegedly was used to um you know that, that the bullets came out of yeah came out of that hit her foot or whatever um and he but now he created a whole song about it talk about how he ain't hit no tendons and and how she she walking regular I, I mean i ain't gonna lie she's still dancing you know mm-hmm. um so it's like so if he knew that he did it if he did do it right and um it's true how the how this whole thing went down and now he has created a song that re-traumatizes her and and essentially gaslights right that's why i refuse to listen to this new album Right, like, so do we cancel him? Like, or like, how how are we doing this? Like, how does the cancellation work? Like, how can I still listen to right, old Tory? Right. <laughs> like, he sent us the memo. Oh man, of what is the different levels that we would consider offensive, immoral, or even criminal? And what it means to be canceled? Like, right. canceling means like not listening to their music, not buying their products, not following them. Like, w- what's the guidelines? Because, right. like, is it like a cancellation, like on social media, or is it like a cancellation, like we affecting their pockets? Because essentially now we're moving from that to like boycotting. You know what I'm right. saying? And if that's what we're doing, I have a whole list of people that we can start boycotting that we should have been boycotting like a long, like Trump, okay? <laughs> Why are y'all still staying at Trump International? Why are y'all still wearing Trump suits? Why are y'all- MAGA like- hats. Like, come- the boy is an idiot. <laughs> Talking about his dumb ass, though, real quick. So I know he got the COVID, and I don't wish any ill on him, but I hope that y'all people that do follow Trump now believe in coronavirus because, bruh, hope you wear Um, your mask, wash your hands. I'm going to give a shout-out to my friend Cheyenne on this one. 
just like how Obama was asked for his birth certificate for us to actually see that he was American, I want to see Trump's um, his his examination for being positive for COVID. I want the strand. I want to know like what's the treatment the he's getting. Of, right, that's the level of petty that we should be at. Right. I need, so I work in whole, in healthcare, right? So whenever a client of mine goes into the hospital and they come back, in order for me to resume services with them, I need to have the discharge paperwork from the hospital. Cause you know, the discharge paperwork then tells me everything that happened to you in the hospital, what you have to do more for right. any medications. That's what I need Trump to give me the discharge paperwork of his hospitalization for COVID. Right. And in order for him to resume presidency. Like, I'm going to give this shout out to my friend Cheyenne because she was actually on this podcast when we were talking about um, uh, suicide awareness. Prevention. Uh, and she, you know, her and I, we talked about this and we was like, yes, we on that level of petty. We want to see paperwork. We Discharge. don't even to take your word for it. The fact that you made Obama had to present his birth certificate to prove that he's actually American uh, yeah, we need all your stuff. And not even that, why aren't we asking for the tax? It, uh, you know, let me just... Listen, it. we've been asking for the taxes since he came into office, so it's never going to happen. He's just going to keep fighting it over and over because he doesn't pay taxes. I'm just going to get off the whole Trump... Um, bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, the whole topic because it's just going to go south quickly. Yeah, he um, makes me angry. <laughs> every day he irritates he reminds me of like the boyfriends that you have that you be like he ain't shit mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that never answer no real questions right you'd be sitting there like i really really believed you had potential but you just continue to show me that you ain't shit like mm -hmm. you know mm. Mm -hmm. right like they ask you a question and they make you feel guilty about asking the question <laughs> oh he does deflecting <laughs> yes exactly that's how i feel about him man i really don't like him i've so somebody had posted a meme on i think facebook and they were like that trump is for money and biden's for the people mm -hmm. and i kind of agree with that statement well, he is. He's, he's, um... he's for the money. And I don't know if you read the Bible, people, but in the Bible, it says money's the root of all evil. Right. <laughs> somebody, I mean, hey, somebody will argue it's lack of money that is the root. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because <laughs> listen. The lack of money make you do some crimes. Mm-hmm. Like Megan The Stallion, I feel. Listen, I feel like it was something on there that had to deal with money. He probably said, "You was supposed to put me on that record," or because you know they were a thing, thing, right? So they were kind of like dating on the low, low, and they weren't trying to make it public. Maybe he was like, "Yo, like you I came up with this." You know, I, he probably listened to like the walk song on herself. You know, right? And he was like, "Well, you gotta." We gotta go public, and she's probably like, "No, <laughs> you ain't gonna mess up what I have going on." I have all these dicks in my DMs. What do you mean? <laughs> like, like I said, a passion crime. 
crime. I'm gonna keep going. I don't know. That's just us coming up with random theories, guys. Don't take us seriously. Right. I don't really know what happened there. I just think he shot her. We're just just playing. We really don't know what happened. I really don't. Somebody was mad. She got her side, and now he's telling his side, and he's capitalizing out of his side while she went on social media. I don't know. I feel like she needs to come out with a song so she could capitalize on that too. So, I mean, she's just doing her thing. She's just like, all right, look, I talked about it. Y'all didn't listen to it. Y'all didn't catch it. That's your problem. Moving on. Mm-hmm. Now to more important things. Not now that- listen to my new record. <laughs> I have two. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's doing her thing. Um, Shouts out to her. I hope whatever happened, they both come out well out of this situation and nobody is harmed. Um, no, but he low-key psycho, though. Because I don't know if you saw, she did that Saturday Night Live special. Mm-hmm. So um, it's in New York, right? I believe it's in New York. Tori Lanez was also in New York the same time that she was in New York. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people were like, coincidence? I think not. Media people, y'all. Like, do y'all be like, yo, y'all got a lot of time to research this? I have one question. Do y'all check your bank accounts like you check Instagram? Because I do. I just want to know. Like, I hope. That as much as the people on social media are checking up on all the people, that they are checking this much on their own. Yo, like, all right, so like the shade room, right? So talking real quick about social media. So the shade room, I don't know if you pay attention to some of the things they post, but I'd be like, yo, y'all be coming up with these crazy ass conclusions. Like, how'd you get this from this? Like, I mean, it kind of makes sense, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, yeah just nuts no i i it is anyway rihanna taylor um i think you know it's been a sad sad story that we've been covering and, and trying to show as much support to our sister may she rest in peace um to her family battling all of this i can't imagine what it's like dealing with this in the public eye as well and at the same time at the same time trying to grieve and still fight yeah and still trying to get some kind of justice and then seeing justice not served and what what is justice at this point because I think from this, the main thing, the main topic of discussion is, were we lied to? Like, were we, like, told half-truths? Like, what happened? Because I feel like this would have been a easy... Open and shut. Yeah, like they should have they should have been charged like the negligence um the whole department should have been revamped. Like there should have been a lot more things that came from this and yes, yes, especially because of the way things went down. And it's like unfortunately 
I don't feel like this is going to be the last case. Um, and it's just sad to see that this is going to be the end result of that case. So I don't know. Do you have any closing statements as far as Breonna Taylor? No, I mean, I think I voiced my opinion in every episode about her case. Um, you know, it was just really sad. It, you know, it, as somebody that is a minority, it makes you scared to be like around police. Um, I'm always like checking my door to make sure it's locked. Anytime I hear something, I'm like up right away. And then I'm running into my son's room to make sure he's okay. Um, so I don't need, I don't even know, like if people understand the level of like trauma that made for certain people, like for me, anytime I hear any little noise, like I'm up right away, like in an instant. And like, I don't even like being around police anymore. And I have people that are close to me that are police officers and I just don't feel comfortable around them anymore. Like at all. Like, I don't feel safe around them. I don't feel like calling them for anything. Like, I just hope that their family finds some type of justice and they find some sort of peace. Um, And this is not something that's like against all cops because we have family members for Mm -hmm. cops. And I, I can't say that I would be afraid of them. I think it's more of the system. How do we dismantle this ladder? What is needed? Um, where do we go from here? You know, how do we prevent these cases from continuing to happen? And how do we grapple with this reality of knowing that it's a possibility that someone can burst into your house, the cops can can come into your house, break down your door, and shoot you and not have to pay for it and you could have been innocent you know um it's it's difficult it's very difficult to swallow and understand and even though they were following protocol it's like well were they what was the protocol and i think that's the question that we all have and is going to remain unanswered mm-hmm yeah, because they're even delaying, like, putting out the tapes and everything of, like, what happened. But, yeah, so this will be our last episode that we're going to be covering, um, the Breonna Taylor case. Um, so what I decided to do is I asked a couple of my friends, like, how they felt about the case. And here were some of the responses. How do I feel about the Breonna Taylor case? I feel sad, hurt, bitter. When I learned about Breonna Taylor's murder, my heart literally ached. Every day we're faced with tragedies and it's become a normality and it's got to stop. We literally are not safe in the comfort of our own home and it's chilling. It's disheartening and it made me feel opposite of everything of what the so-called United States stands for. Honestly, it is sad that something as horrific and disgusting as racism is still very alive in this country. And it's even worse uh, 
that it is so strong, such a strong presence in the world of the judicial system with police, police brutality, however you want to put it. My honest feelings about the case is that it's it, it should have never happened. Police brutality towards black males, towards black females, towards black children, it, it just shouldn't be happening. I mean, it's absolutely disgusting that you can go to bed at night as as somebody who is African-American, black, however you want to put it, and be scared. And that's scary. It's scary to grow up in a world where people are still feeling like this. I mean, she went to bed and died. (laughs) That's the blunt way of putting it. And it's absolutely disgusting. It's sad. It speaks volumes of our judicial system of what they're teaching people. It actually reminded me of a similar incident that happened last year that no one really talked a lot about either with Tatiana, where she was um, killed by the cops playing video games with her younger brother. Um, It just broke my heart. Like how at this point in time, do you just not know the correct house to go to? And then like the verdict, like, they didn't even charge her for kill charge them for killing Brianna. They just charged them for shooting into an apartment building. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, it's just like, you know, black women are the most disrespected, undervalued, and least protected in this country. And it continues to show over and over again. After um, learning more information about the Brianna Taylor case, I can just say highly say that I'm very disappointed, upset um, as far as the whole situation, as far as the officers. Um, As you see, like the officers, they didn't receive any charges. No justice was served to Brianna or her family. The only charge that the officer did get is because of the neighbors. As somebody who has never been arrested, somebody who I mean, I've definitely been in the street a little bit but as somebody who is I don't I don't consider myself a street dude you know um as somebody who works a nine to five who's a graduate student who who's a father um who by every 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 definition just you know more or less a a law-abiding a civilian you know somebody who's not involved in any bullshit um it makes me feel like i could be sitting here playing madden one night and the police could kick my door in blow my head off and then just be like oh and then all that's gonna happen is he gonna get fired but in six months he'll be hired at another department like I feel just devalued as a as a black man, as a as a as a human being. That was a beautiful sister who was doing everything she could. She working as a as a as a frontline EMT during a global pandemic. And then I also asked them if you could say anything to Brianna's family. What would you say? What I'd say to Brianna's family is. I am so sorry. 
I'm sorry that Brianna didn't get a fighting chance in her last moments here with us. But this is why there's an outpour of love and heart and fight within us for her. Brianna's memory will live on and it will not be in vain. I'm sorry that your daughter's life was taken, that you will never be able to hug her again, kiss her again, talk to her again, see her at holidays, birthdays. I'm sorry that you can't celebrate her as a physical person here with you. As a mom, I could not imagine not having my daughter here with me to hug and love and celebrate with and have these experiences in life. Losing your child is not anything I could even wish on my own worst enemy and especially not at the hands of police brutality. I'm sorry that this happened and I can only pray, you know, for your healing. My heart is with you. What I want to say to her family is uh, my heart goes out to you. Um, We will never let her life be forgotten. Uh, Me and my son just did a sensory walk over the weekend and we walked for Brianna. We'll never um, let her just be an everlasting hashtag. Her life mattered. Her life still matters. Thoughts and prayers goes out to her family. Um, I know there's nothing in this world that's going to console the loss of a loved one, especially the way that she passed away. And then just going back and looking at her picture, she was just a beautiful girl, just full of life and had so much more life to live and was just going way too soon. To Brianna's family, the Taylor family, I want you to know that we are so, so, so sorry. My heart, my thoughts, and my prayers are with all of you every single day. As a father of a beautiful black little girl, I can't even imagine how heavy your heart is. We will continue to say her name. We will continue to fight until they do something about this, until justice is served. That's all we want. So to the family of Breonna Taylor, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, and I think I speak for all of the people in the culture, in my community, we love you. We are hugging you. We are praying for you. Say Say her her name. name. Breonna Breonna Taylor. Taylor. Thank you, guys. Until next week. Happy 10th episode to us. Hey. <laughs> Tenth episode and we've been loyal. I know. <laughs> but we've gotten through it. Thank you all for rocking it out with us. We love our listeners, our fans, our supporters. Yeah, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for pushing us through this. This this started as just an idea and <laughs> now it's come true so thank you yeah we love all the outport support we've been getting so all the text message the the emails the messages um the phone calls everything has been so so great um just keep it coming i'm never gonna say stop supporting me so (laughs) come on (laughs) right you know so yeah so until next time
Ciao. Thank you so much for tuning in. Catch us next week for a brand new episode. We drop every Wednesday. Follow us on Instagram at CYS underscore podcast. Tweet us on Twitter at CYS underscore pod. Like us on Facebook at Call Your Sister Podcast. Send us an email at CYSNation at gmail.com. Until next week. Ciao.